0: talk today is on John and it's in fact it's about Jesus walking on the water um, so we've got the John 6 16 to 21 which I will read through when the evening came his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set up off across the lake for Capernaum by now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. So as well as this reading in John the story also appears in two of the other gospels Matthew and Mark John's account is much shorter really than Matthew and in Matthew's gospel there's a mention is also made of Peter stepping into the water at Jesus request which we'll look at later it appears therefore that this this is chronologically an event that happened immediately after the miracle of feeding the 5,000. And it also appeared to have happened on the fourth watch during the night. Now the Romans divided the night up into four watches. you got six to nine, nine to twelve, twelve to three, and three to six. Three to six was the fourth watch. So it was very early in the morning, probably when it was still dark. All three Gospels tell of the disciples being terrified when they saw Jesus describing what they thought was a vision was a ghost. Now at the time, the Jews, it was very popular with the Jews, the idea that seeing a ghost or spirits during the night would signify disaster. And as they saw Jesus walking towards them on on the water towards their boat, the wind was blowing, the sea was rough, was becoming rough, in fact. They must have thought their time was up. And it's not at all surprising under those circumstances that they were frightened. This story in John makes no mention at all of Peter, but it seems to be clearly to be giving emphasis to Jesus' miracles, both (laughs) his walking on the water and the fact that the boat arrived instantly back on the shore when he got back into it, But Jesus has got to be even given credit for that, so it could also be seen as a miracle. In Mark's gospel of the event, and I'll read a bit, they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understand, understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And I think this verse, this bit here, they had not, not understand, understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened, is quite interesting, really. I mean, from these words, it seems that the disciples had just not understood what had happened previously at the feeding of the 5,000. And that it was in fact a miracle that Jesus, Jesus had done. They simply not got it. And in be behaving as they obviously were, they were showing themselves to be no better than Jesus' opponents, who, were, who also exhibited a hardness of heart towards his message. Lacking in understanding about Jesus and lacking in trust. If they really understood, they would never actually have been amazed by seeing him walking towards them. And they wouldn't have been terrified either. Whatever way it is looked at, this is a story of Jesus coming in a in imir- miraculous way to the disciples at a rough and frightening time. The fact that this passage in John's Gospel is quite short and only mentions the water walking and the miraculous arrival of the boat at the shore, seems to say these miracles were for the disciples alone. They were there to soften their hearts, to open their eyes to who Jesus really was. Jesus' miracles during his ministry were never actually just demonstrations of of the supernatural for their own sake. They were always used and meant to mean something. They were carefully used as an essential part of Jesus' message about the arrival of God's new society. In fact, there are Jewish historical sources that convey the idea that they had no quarrel at all with his miraculous powers to heal, but only with the source of that power. His opponents thought he was operating under the power of Beelzebub, or the devil. And legendary stories of miracles are almost always concerned with big displays, big big ostentatious displays of, of special powers. But Jesus actually had none of this. He never performed miracles just to satisfy any idle speculation about the supernatural. In all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, there are passages that always support this fact. In Mark, for instance the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven, or a miracle. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for miraculous signs? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given it. It's me. If you look at the accounts, the calming of the water and the wind, it also demonstrates Jesus' power over the elements. How could the disciples dis- doubt with these miracles or signs at one time that Jesus was Christ, he said? Not only was Jesus heralding the coming of the kingdom with his teaching that men and women could be set free from the slavery of sin, his miracles and power in this area were shown in his casting out of demons, which also made a lie of his opponent's view, because he was actually casting <laughs> demons out. And his healings and raising people from the dead were clearly amazing examples of miracles. And nature miracles, which he did in this instance with calm in the wind and the sea, showed to the disciples his power was over the whole of creation. In Matthew's gospel, we learn also about Peter. I'll read some of the passage When Jesus had called out to them and told them to take courage and not be afraid, Peter called back to to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. Peter gets out of the boat and starts to walk towards Jesus. For a brief moment, he does walk on water. He showed great faith in getting out of the boat and going towards Jesus. And as we know, after his short walk, he starts to notice the wind and the waves, he becomes afraid, and he starts to sink. He cries out to Jesus to save him, when of course Jesus puts his hand out and does. The reason he sinks was not because it was wrong to get out of the boat, but it happened when his faith wavered. Peter's faith may have been weak, but at least he was much stronger than the rest of them sitting in the boat. Peter responded in faith to take an incredible risk in getting out of the boat on a dark and stormy night. That step he took to get out of the boat, if he had had firmness in faith, he would doubtless have been allowed to walk right across to Jesus. It is a lesson in how we should always respond to God's call, getting out of the boat in an alien or dangerous environment to try walking on water. Nothing will ever happen without taking these risks and trusting entirely in God. He does not want us to be reckless at all. He doesn't want that recklessness from us. But he wants us to pray to him and to listen to him, to listen to what he wants, and then take the action. This is a story of Jesus coming at a very rough time in a miraculous way and coming alongside them and getting them through it. Jesus got into the boat with them. He calmed the wind and the waves. He brought the boat safely to shore. Remember also, at this time, the disciples did not have Jesus with them until he was physically present. It was not until later when Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost that they were with and how Jesus is now with us and we're very privileged in that respect. With trust in our faith in Jesus, we know that no matter what happens, Unlike the disciples' situation, we have him by our side. We are his, and he is ours. He is in in it, and alongside our boat with us. Jesus was out there walking on the water for them. He knew the disciples' need. He knew they needed him. He was there for them, even though he was out in the middle of the lake. Jesus was perfectly all right on his own, walking on the water near their boat. He had absolutely no need to get in any boat, but he knew their need. How many of us daily need to be reminded that Jesus is always there beside us, beside our boat, lifting our boat up? How many of us regularly fail and do not let him get into our boat, thinking that we can steer it on our own, how easy that is. We know he doesn't need to get in it in with us for safety. If we allow him in, then he allows us to be used for his glory in his work. A ship in the harbour is safe. But that's not what ships were built for. God wants us to set sail, but as Christians that may still not be enough. Now on Monday of this week, Margaret and I went down to Hampshire to the funeral of my uncle, my last uncle. In fact, he was my father's young, younger brother. Um, he died on the 28th of April, which strangely is exactly the same day as my father died 27 years ago. Um, but he, was, he, he had the, an atheist faith, so of course the funeral was what they would call a humanist funeral, funeral, and it was done very nicely. And he'd been cremated beforehand, and the place we we went to was a out in the in the woodland. It was it was a woodland cemetery. It was this beautiful place, um, sort of pavilion that we sat in, and they had the ceremony. Um, and traditionally, of course, with those sort of funerals it often opens with Frank Sinatra's song, My Way, which, of course, you sit and you listen to, and as I was listening to it this time very carefully, and great song, great words, but absolutely, totally against Christianity. <laughs> um, you know, if we, let our, if we let Jesus into our boat, then we ain't the captain any longer. And we've got to listen to Jesus and talk to him and take his advice and take his commands. And we just become the deckhands. We're not doing it our way, we're doing it our way with Jesus. We'll not miss out on the storms or the rough water, the danger, or being very close to the edge. But Jesus is doing the steering. And he can do it a lot better than we can. Jesus teaches us that when we have him with us, no matter what happens, we have everything. As you see, these three passages in the Bible about Jesus walking on the water were at the time to teach the disciples a firm lesson. But they also teach us a great deal. So that now, no matter what circumstances are, We who are also his disciples have Jesus Christ with us always. And he will bring us through if we place our total trust in him, which is what we need to do. When we are his, he is ours, and we're victorious. Amen.